Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi everyone, Graham Couch here from the Lansing State Journal along with my Detroit Free Press colleagues Chris Solari and Sean Windsor after Michigan State's 20-15 to 15 win uh, here at uh, Memorial Stadium in Bloomington, Indiana. They've won a lot of different ways this year. This was one of the uglier ways they won. The offense really stymied, the defense did enough, some big kicks. But it was a game that had a feel like they were going to lose it for a long time, and I really thought they were. I have two quick questions for you. First of all, have you ever seen three more handsome oh. men? I mean... Seriously, hired for sex appeal. It's just, it's just, it's just unreal. I'm, I'm getting a little scared just looking at our reflection. <laughs> and, and, Subscribers and <laughs> seek us. <laughs> they, they do, they do. No, seriously. Uh, here's, here's my other question to you. Back in, uh, well, November. How about December, January, February? Any time before late September? Did you think we were going to look at the seven and team? We're talking about all kinds of different ways they're right. winning, but it's sort of shocking in some way. Isn't it? In some ways, it is. I mean, I think a lot of it. We, you know, we went into the season not really knowing what to expect from Michigan State with the amount of changeover there was. What we've seen are, are there's a lot of playmakers that have been left over between Peyton Thorne, Jalen Naylor, Jaden Reed. Today, Tyler Hunt with uh, Mark D'Antonio talked about Tyler Hunt's athletic ability for years, right? And he comes out and throws a touchdown or throws a pass. And the amount of times you're on the market, Antonio Reclamation. Uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, listen, you, got, here, aren't you, you, you wrote about, about this earlier in the week. Graham, I, come on. I mean, it's, it's a guy who who does all these things, right? But it, anyways, it, it's a guy that's left over from the previous regime, <laughs> and they're still getting all this. Because listen, Kenneth are Walker. We, are we going to talk Walker, about Kirk Cousins now? Says we're going to talk about this team. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth Walker was bottled up pretty much all day. All, he had about 84 yards, and it was all really hard yardage, no touchdowns. Guevara's Kraus was out of position a lot of times, and really a guy like Cal Halliday comes to the rescue with the interception, Darius Snow with an interception, Jacob Slade with the sack. I mean, a lot of the veteran players who have been here uh, are the ones who made the plays in this game, but we didn't know what to expect by blending all that together. Oh, real quickly, Graham, the, the, the play of the game, I didn't panic shoot sack on the last start, the last no, time he's been fantastic. They set up like a second and 22 or 23 or whatever that effectively ended the game. Their pass rush, which coming in today was tops in the Big Ten, has been an under understated storyline. Yeah, and they're this doing year. it without uh, Beasley. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They don't have. I mean, Panashuk's probably a Marcus Rush comparison, but they don't really have this dynamic edge rusher. Although Panashuk looks, I mean, Panashuk looks like a guy who's going to get a shot at the next level the way the way he plays. And and they're getting good interior line play. I think. I think that's. I mean, their, their defensive line is pretty good. All and guys that, recruited by Mark D'Antonio. Yeah, but developed here through Mel Tucker. Exactly. And, and Tyler Hunt, for all I love him, he is a Travis Trice ankle sprain. He is the, a negative page view, if we're going to talk about him. Like, we lost half our watchers when he brought up Tyler You Hunt. can say that all you want, but listen, I mean, who made the touchdowns? I mean, that, that's right. really no, – it was, it was I, the I, only I, offensive touchdown just, of the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know and what it's it? not set up – if without for his pass, they don't get that because hmm. their offense had so much struggles – Moving the ball. Who made that touchdown? I mean, Hunt caught the pass, right? Throwing yeah. through the ball, which is a, a fairly probably one of the easiest throws of the day. But that was Jay Johnson. I mean, now credit Thorne for checking yes. into that 
at the line, right? But Jay Johnson, I, I thought, adjusted, even though they didn't blow up in the second half offensively, still some of the adjustments he I, made, I, including that play. I think what we're seeing um, is that blend. Um, the blend of the, the talent that D'Antonio left behind, but also the coaching acumen that Tucker has, that Johnson has, that Scotty Hazleton has. Scotty Hazleton calls a corner blitz with Chester Kimbrough, well-timed, well-disguised. He gets a strip sack and a fumble recovery all in one play. I mean, you know, th- we're seeing now what these coaches can do as coaches. And that was missing last year because they didn't necessarily have the time to prepare. So, you know, I, I said this in, in my piece going into this game, there's a reason that Mel Tucker's a coach of the year candidate. You see it on the field. You see it with the ability to win games different ways. Let me ways. say one thing before you get to this. They also had to, in, they talked about it this week in, in practice that, there were a lot of guys, you know, I think they used, I forget the phrase they used, but in terms of being forced to be here, there are a lot of D'Antonio guys had to go to get to this point in terms of not talented enough or just not total buy-in to what you're seeing. And what, what impresses me about this group is, you know, defensively, you see a lot of times if, if you give up a 30-yard play, they give up a lot of third and longs, this group. It does not affect the next play. They give up a touchdown, they're great on the two-point conversion. Like those sort of things, the momentum doesn't seem to stick against them. So what short now? Well, they have, they yeah, have short memories. Exactly. So, so what now? What is the phrase? Yeah. That yeah. They, they, they have short here. memories. And again, you're talking about Antonio. You're talking about Mel Tucker. I, I want to go back to that hump play uh, for a second, right? It's a misdirection. It's a first well, of all, it's a, it's a fake handoff to Walker. Meanwhile, Jaden Reed's in motion, and the, the uh, you're talking Thorne, about the touchdown. The touchdown when Thorne is faking it to Walker. Uh, Reed had just crossed, yep. so there's a crisscrossing kind of there, and it sort of froze the linebackers, which opened up the seam in the middle, and Hunt is, there's nobody within six, seven yards of him that, is in the end zone. And that's something that Tyler Hunt has said has been, they've been scripting for a couple weeks now, so you saw that execution. But, and to Graham's point, though, that that's a hell of a design, and we're seeing that on both sides of the ball, but particularly offensively, for the first seven games, and I think that's a credit to, I know it's Johnson, yeah. but to me that's a credit to And I think, I think something that needs to be noted about this game is, and I think out, when you're outside their world a little bit, and, and I'm not talking to fans, I'm just even talking to us, you get caught up in uh, Indiana's two and three, they're snake bit, and they're not that good this year, all that stuff. But these guys beat Michigan State 24 nothing, and rarely do you flip a roster where you lose 24 nothing one year, and the next year you're going to physically dominate them. And they couldn't, I mean, on the field, when you're down there, those guys know what's what. I mean, they know... This guy across from me is just as good as me, and that's what they talked about today. Indiana has the best linebacker they played all year, and and that sort of they couldn't they they have to find because they're going to run into this again though. That's the thing they're going to run into this maybe against Michigan, maybe against Penn State, maybe Ohio State, maybe somebody's going to give them trouble again. They've got to find a way to get comfortable when the running game isn't there offensively. Chris, to, to I guess to your point a little bit too. Indiana a year ago, I mean, they had most of the guys back, right? They gave Ohio State a game last year, yeah. right? Yeah. I well, it was in Columbus. I mean, they, they lost the top receiver, Filer. Um, Penix was out for this game. So, I mean, I thought the bigger thing was, I mean, Peyton Thorne struggled throwing the ball in a lot of respects, and they were without their top defensive back and, and banged up other defensive backs. So, I mean, you know, this, you, I said this going into this game, Tom Allen coaches a really hard-nosed brand of defense. And you saw that, and that's what, you know, I asked Mel Tucker about this after the game. He said, you know, Kenneth Walker got a lot, his yards were all hard yards. And he said, there's going to be a lot more hard yards coming. That's just the elevation so, of the competition throughout the year. The other thing that happened is they were really better off without Michael Penix, who's been turning them all over left and right. So you get rid of that element, and it gives you a chance if you're in the end. You may don't have his ceiling when he was healthy last year, but the, he was not their best quarterback this season. He had been just crippling them in a lot of ways. And so... 
what's going to be very interesting for Indiana now, we're going to find out about Michigan State. Like, they host Ohio State next week. And you look at these corners and you look at the way they're able to sell. We'll get a sense of what Michigan State at this point is compared to Ohio State when we watch Ohio State then against Indiana. And, and, and you're going to see that as, as other teams face Indiana, as Michigan faces Indiana. With the, you know, we saw Nebraska go toe-to-toe with Michigan, as they did with Michigan State. And, you know, this run defense looks like a, a defense that's going to make Michigan work for it. You know, and I think those are going to be interesting games in, in this East. Like, Indiana's out of the hunt, but they are going to be a factor throughout the next month. What did you all think of Thorne today? Because you did mention that he struggled at times. I know in the second half there were a couple throws he missed, one one in particular was it to Naylor? Where I think it was to Naylor. It was a little curl, or maybe a little hitch or something, and he just flat out threw it. It was on a third down. And he missed him. On the other hand, early on, he threw a beautiful Drops. ball to Weed uh, to Weed. Reed, well, you, you and I probably anyway. No, to Reed, and, he, and and that was a touchdown if he catches yeah. it. He had a couple steps on his guy, so there was another drop the, in that first half too. Again, I get back and I wrote about this a little bit. The, the margin of error. Mel Tucker talked about the summer early in the season, how there's not a whole lot of it, how the roster, but we sort of forget that as they keep winning, but there's that still exists. They keep saying that they don't, I forget the term he says, but what they don't get is rattled. And what I, I think is important. They don't flinch. They don't flinch. And what I think is important for uh, Peyton Thorne in terms of, so the last time he had a game where the running game was taken away and things just weren't there was Nebraska, and he had a horrible second half. This second half he was better. He had that beautiful throw late, uh, deep along the sidelines. To read over his shoulder, over, right? Yeah, and so... But that's growth. That's growth for him. Like he again. You know what set that up though? Everything was set up by what he did with his legs as well, because they were struggling to run the ball, and that gave him a little wiggle room by creating himself. You know, they did, designed a couple RPOs and, and some quarterback draws, and that gave a little bit of breathing room for him to get some of those passes. And my my, my point is though with him that he's not getting taken out of the game with the struggles, sort of like the defense when they give up a yeah. play. And so there is a mental toughness with this team that, that, that gives them a chance. And, and look, they're going to run into somebody at some point if they play games like this that's just going to be too much. And they're not going to catch the breaks, and the other team's not going to make the mistake, and they're not going to go undefeated. Like this team, as we saw it today, is not going to be unbeaten for long. But they also might beat somebody else who's, who's better than them at some point because of a lot of the traits right. that they have. And, and they could wind up with a 10-2 and two season that's pretty incredible for where they came from. They could. I mean, it's, the schedule is not... This is building to a crescendo. It's really what this schedule has done. I mean, or to a brick wall, one of the two. Or uh, maybe not a brick wall. I mean, there's still there's still winnable games yeah. left with Purdue, with Maryland. Maryland. Uh, Do y'all believe they can play better? I mean, yeah, because they absolutely. tell us I mean, they you told have us have to, twelve penalties for 134 yards, and a lot of those were just until, dumb penalties. Until the last two weeks, they've been relatively focused and not hurting themselves. Until it, it, will those traits come back? The other thing that I think is really important is a guy like Peyton Thorne in this passing game. You do see growth here and there. Now, they look like a step back because of who they were playing, but it's growth relative to the last time things were taken away against Nebraska. So the, the question is, how much does your redshirt sophomore quarterback continue to grow? And at what point do they get to a point where, yes, they can be really frustrated up front, but find some comfort in the passing game and be able to, you know, that, that they got to get to comfortable in the passing game regardless of what else is happening, which is hard to do when you don't have a running game. But I think that potential is what gives them a chance. One of the other things in, in talking about how this schedule is building, you know, what we saw, I think, today with Indiana is how important the bye week is and when you get it and how you use it for the next opponent. You know, Michigan's coming off a bye this this week when they play Northwestern in a week. Michigan Northwestern State beat Rutgers, by the way. Yeah. Which, Interesting. you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, the, the timing of the bye week for Michigan State, particularly, I, I think if you're rolling – 
uh, it's maybe not a good time, but there is enough concern and things that, that I think Mel Tucker wants his staff and his players to, to focus on and fix to become a good football team, that that's a good time for them. I, I think seven weeks in, this the, the bumps and bruises going into yeah. that, that stretch they're going to hit in November. I, I think it's such a good time. And, and yeah. Mel Tucker said after the game, you guys obviously heard him, that uh, he expected Indiana to come out on fire mm-hmm. and focused and with some new stuff, new wrinkles, because they some were answers. coming off. Yeah. Yeah, some, I think it was his phrase, right, some answers. And they did. And it looked like they knew what was coming, in Indiana's defense in particular, right? They yeah. did. They were dialed. Indiana's defense was dialed in. I mean, there was a, a play that – uh, the linebacker came through and hit Walker on a draw after Walker helped check out of a play, and he was untouched. Yep. I mean, he knew where the gap was going to be and, and hit it strong and quick. And, you know, Michigan State needs to – I mean, to me, I think a guy like Quaharis Crouch is a guy that really needs the bye week because there were some points where he was really out of position, and, and you saw Indiana exploit that middle um, a, a lot of times early in the game, and they made some adjustments and fixed it, but then – you know, Tuttle pulls the ball and runs, and, and Crouch is flat-footed, not going and attacking. So, you know, he's a guy that, I mean, to his his defense, he's been in a different system. And now seven weeks in, you got to be able to start picking it up and, and keep him going. Um, this is why I think a guy like him, and, and particularly the cornerbacks, this is going to be a big week for them to improve and, and get a little better knowledge and do a little more film and, and be ready for Michigan. Well, and they can clean up the execution a little bit. And, yeah. that's, and that's such a cliche to use that word. But Tucker, t- again, we're talking about the penalties after the game, right, with with, with Mel Tucker. And you talk about the, the, the penalties of aggressiveness they can sort of fix with technique. But the penalties of... Uh, uh, Connor uh, Hayward's taunting penalty. For well, yeah, yeah I know. Although I saw, I saw uh, maybe it was just fans being biased, but I saw on Twitter afterwards that maybe the guy was mm-hmm. doing a little gamesmanship on the, on the, on the ground there. When he was that still no excuse to taunt, but I was just going to say the snap to uh, yeah. to uh, Thorne when he wasn't ready. That's the kind of penalty yep. they can absolutely clean up in the next couple of weeks, right? And, and they, they still have too many of those. And they do want. Yeah. I mean, the, the taunting. They, they, you know, you get a game like Michigan and the emotions of that, and what may not be a whole lot of separation between the two teams. Now they're different teams. They're different style teams. But in terms of you know the the you know Michigan State's ability to win that game, I think is going to be largely based on not only its ability to get its offense going, but not having putting itself in second and twenty because it has a dumb penalty or this sort of or, or a taunting penalty or anything that really, uh, I mean, I think they've got to play one of their focus more well, clean games. Absolutely. To that to that point, I mean, it's ten years since Pat Narduzzi talked about the Michigan game being a game of unnecessary sixty minutes of unnecessary roughness. Games changed in ten years. You have to understand that. I mean, uh, Rob Fredrickson, former linebacker, said you know with the the Jacob Panashuk hit, you know you have you've been taught you don't grab and wrap when you slam a guy to the ground now. That's the the rules changes are there, so that kind of stuff has been kind of legislated out. So you have to have that knowledge and have that within your play, and that's that's what a bye week right now is good for to get rid of those kind of plays. Anything we're missing as we as we go? Right no, we covered we covered how we covered how good looking we all are. Yeah, so yeah, I think, let's I think covered Tyler Hunt. Yeah, um, Tyler Hunt. Yeah, hopefully you're still watching. Or you stop watching. Look at all this pasty mass. Yeah, oh, this is unbelievable. This is wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, we'll have complete coverage of this game. And the Michigan game at freep.com, lsj.com, greenandwhite.com. Thanks for watching. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.